Hello there, this show's episode was formerly known as Real Talk, but this show's name was recently changed to Rambling Time, due to every single non-original indie podcaster like Lone thinking that Real Talk was even a clever name. So he changed the name, and I've been placed here to inform you this, all because the Lone Fatso Angler was too lazy to even do voiceover work. So without further ado, Lone Angler welcomes you to the show, and he hopes you enjoy. Hello everyone. Uh, before the show starts, I uh, just want to give a quick heads up. This show was basically recorded on the road, and uh, we recorded this podcast in a diesel engine truck, so there was a lot of background noise, and while I was editing, I really tried to clean it up, but unfortunately, I couldn't get it the cleanest, so I'm just going to give you guys that, but we decided to keep this podcast because it was an entertaining podcast and it was a fun project to record. So, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoy this new podcast. And, uh, yes, you guys have a good one, all right? Hey, this is your Lone Podcast, the Lone Angler. Come back at you with Taco Monday on the road. How is everyone doing? And welcome back to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is an interesting episode, but uh, I figured we'd do it just for the hay of it. This episode, we are recording on the road because we're on a business trip and uh, we're going to have to do some business. But uh, I figured I'd bring the Zoom H6 recorder with us. And uh, today I have myself a guest And this guest right here, he is known for being the father of me for years. Uh, He's known for working a very hard job. He's known for rocking a goatee for several years. Now he has a beard. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Lone Angler's father, Papa Angler. How you doing? Hey, hey, doing great, doing great. You doing good? That sounds good. That sounds good. So yes, we are on a business trip and uh, we're just rocking it on the road, just chilling. Yeah, heading to Wendell, North Carolina. Wendell, North Carolina? Yeah, so we got about 250 miles more to go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, with this show Real Talk, uh, basically you just kind of chill and stuff and you just talk free and stuff. But um, yeah, it's going to be conversational and interview-like, so... uh, yeah, the audience will enjoy. So, yeah. And maybe I can get this out next Monday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I'm sorry for the background noise. We're in a diesel truck, so if there's a lot of noise, I'll try to cut it out. But, uh, if I can't, my apologies. But, uh, yeah. So, it's basics of what we did this morning. What we did this morning, we, uh, packed some stuff up. We uh, got some stuff in the car, got some of our products in the car, and uh, we're driving down the road, and uh, we're going to ship off our stuff. Well, not ship off our stuff, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, just basically deal with some business stuff, probably grab a bite to eat, and uh, we're just chilling on the road, basically. So, we're heading where? Uh, North Carolina. That's where our business trip is at but uh yeah yeah right now we're in uh county on says 81 on 81 yeah we've been driving for a while but uh yeah so 
want to ask you some questions. So, actually, that uh, this is eighty. This is seventy-seven. We haven't got to eighty-one yet. So we're on correction. We're on seventy-seven. On seventy-seven. Yeah. Going through some beautiful farm country here. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna ask you some questions. So, uh, I already gave you an introduction, but uh, if you can give a brief description on yourself, what you can, what can you say? Oh, well, that's that's a kind of a tough one. <laughs> Hadn't thought about that. Uh, I'm early fifties. Worked since I was seventeen, and got a wonderful family and beautiful wife. God's been good to me. That sounds good. That sounds good. Do you like driving on the road much? I, I don't mind it. I kind of, I enjoy driving, so it ain't bad. Yeah. It's definitely not fun when you're, uh, you know, on a very long trip, and we're going to try to go to the beach on September 5th, correct? Yeah, that that's a pretty good drive. So this is only about half as far as, like, we drive when we go to the beach, so. Yeah. Huh. Drove to Florida. That was a pretty rough, rough drive there. Yeah. What was, what was your, ooh, this is a great question, topic question. So, uh, when it comes to trips and stuff, what's your least favorite trip, at least when it comes to the traveling? Uh, I'd say probably the Florida trip, just because it was so, so far of a drive. I don't mind driving, you know, five or six hours, but when you get up 10, 11 hours, that's pretty rough. Florida was a very nice trip, but, like, uh, I definitely like going to Georgia. That was an interesting place, especially uh, that uh, lighthouse we went to. What was that lighthouse called? I can't remember. I can't remember what that was called, but we broke the trip up in two days, so we drove, like, six or eight hours and spent the night and toured that lighthouse and then drove, like, three or four hours the next day. So that broke it up to where it wasn't so tiring. But if you drive that straight through, that's pretty rough. Yeah. I'm going to grab myself some water real quick. But, uh, yeah. Now, uh, whoop, shoot. We've gotten lost a couple of times on trips, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes uh, GPS and my wife lets me down. <laughs> I've never been lost. I've, I've got bad directions before, but I've never been lost. Never been lost? Ah, I get you. I get you. I think Mama Angler listens to this podcast, so... Yeah, it might be in the doghouse, might Might be, yeah. But, uh... Ooh! So, what was the worst time you've gotten lost on the road? Well, uh... Probably when I had my first job, I actually delivered parts to the coal mines. And they gave me directions... And that was before GPS and all that stuff. And they gave me directions, uh, was daytime directions. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got down there, it was like 10 o'clock at night. So I couldn't find the place, so I just had to give up and go back to where I work and take it the next day. I couldn't, didn't have cell phones in. 
couldn't get nobody on the CB radio, so I just stuck. I had to turn around and go back. That sucks. That really does suck. How late? Was that late at night or anything? Yeah, it was uh, It was like 10 o'clock, and, and I was like two hours away from the shop. But uh, they told me you could see the coal mines, and you can during the daytime, but at night they only had one street light there, and you couldn't see the mines. Really? So I thought the one street light, I thought it was like a residential place. Shoot, so I'm, I'm forgetting... Was it like the hunting trip we went on where we got lost? Ended up in uh, uh, two different counties away from our house. You don't have to give locations, but when we was hunting, we got lost oh, that night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we missed a turnoff. And uh, started seeing towns that we didn't drive through on the way down. So, yeah, we were lost that night. Yeah. That was an interesting hunting place, but, uh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah, not gonna start talking about. I'm not gonna start talking like Joe Rogan, folks, and talk about elk meat and stuff. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> Just a little bit of a conversation. Don't get me started on elk meat. <laughs> oh, you know, honestly, elk meat. I don't know if it's that good. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's good. Yeah. We had a bad experience with the first elk we, uh, you know, killed and you know fixed up and ate. Like uh, we sent it to. Well, they had a local butcher shop at the hunting reserve, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. And I, I think they kind of got mixed up, and I don't think I got all of my elk back. I think, I think somebody else got some of our meat. So, And uh, they're, they didn't process the meat very good either. Yeah. That's one thing. Like, uh, honestly, like, even people that doesn't know how to hunt or anything or doesn't do any outdoor sports they need to be at least basic experts on not necessarily butchering but like cleaning meat off bones you know i mean especially if you cook you need to have that basic skill because those guys whoever processed the meat for us like freaking just butchered it bones everywhere all kinds of stuff that was just freaking crazy you know what i'm saying yeah, they, they didn't do a super good job. A lot of the steaks, though, they were... I was really happy with the with the meat. It's just the ground burger part, Yeah, they didn't do very good with. You know, honestly, my, my thought when it comes to hunting, like, I'm not a hunting person, per se, but honestly, I think hunting is, like, when it comes to natural grass-fed meat, hunting is way better than farms. And also, really, like, like uh, vegetarians when complain about, you know, well, pitas when complain about meat and how it's processed and stuff, is literally, like, big factories and stuff. They literally, like, take, like, pigs. I'm not going to be graphic, but they just literally just, like, machone them with a katana and just decapitate them. Dude, it's freaking crazy. But honestly, it's like, if you want to compromise, honestly, I think hunting... Even though it can be a difficult occupation, hunting's just natural. Also, it's humane. Yes. And you, your meat doesn't have any growth hormones or any kind of additives, and you can in, inspect the animal and know that it was healthy. So you, when you process a deer, you know 
that it's 100% healthy and you know the meat is going to be 10 times better for you than than what you buy at the store because a lot of the big meat processing companies I've had farmer buddies that tell me when you go to market that they the big buyers for the meat processing places will show up at the end of the sale and they literally buy what nobody else wants are you serious that's what they buy so you're probably getting you know the worst of the worst for the, as far as the beef quality and I think you know some of the animals could be sick you, you don't know as long as they're on their feet they'll buy them and process them yeah well this is like the ultimate example I'm sure a lot of people besides me has brought this up but the mad cow disease uh, epidemic that happened uh, in the 80s 90s when was it uh, yeah, that was probably early to mid-90s, I think. And, uh, you know, like a small operation livestock farmers, if they got a cow that's acting a little bit sick, you know, they got a lot of money invested. And I guess the easiest way for them to deal with it is just take the cow to market. And, you know, that's financially sound. But, you know, they may be processing animals that are sick, too, like here's the thing that i know about mad cow disease like they was literally like uh this is kind of like one complaint i have but like just really stupid and sucky but like these farmers and stuff were like freaking uh they was literally feeding cows to cows and that's how the mad cow disease epidemic started because they was literally feeding cows and uh it's hard to explain uh explain (laughs) explain uh, it's hard to explain, but it's basically like uh, it was basically feeding the brain to the cow, and uh, basically like inside the brain there's some kind of like uh, uh, prion, I think. I think that's what it is—a prion, 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 prion. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, me neither. But uh, you get what I'm saying, right? Like uh, it's basically a disease that's. Same kind of disease that's going around in uh, uh, New Guinea, right? Like if an animal eats the brain of like their same species, they get uh, something that's like mad cow disease. And basically they just start going a little bit crazy. Not rabies or anything, but it's like they start shaking and stuff. And uh, really that was a risk to us in the 90s. And people... Why they done that was just to boost the protein of the animals, and that's just to put put weight on the animal on the hoof because, you know, these farmers buy the cattle by the pound, and then they sell it by the pound. So their profit is ever how much weight those animals gain. So they was just in an effort to pump the protein to it. That uh, That's where that came from. And then later on they found out, you know, that that was a bad idea. That's crazy, though. That's honestly, like, that, for example, like, if you just go hunting, like, go hunting in the field. Had to pause the recorder for a second because I got a, had to get a water, but, yeah, that's, like, freaking crazy because, well, really, that's why, honestly, hunting should be encouraged. Like, I think if, uh, well, I do know a couple of vegetarians that actually agree that hunting is actually a lot better than supporting these uh big companies and big is it pharma or no pharma is the one that deals with drugs or do they deal with livestock that's, that's 
FDA, ain't it? Pharma is short for pharmaceuticals. So yeah. The FDA is, I guess, who regulates uh, food. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, honestly, like, uh, honestly, that's probably the best route one can go. Which, honestly, sorry to say it, folks, but it's scientifically proven that you need protein. And, like, protein in beans and stuff, protein in peanut butter or supplements, it's just not enough. Like, I do know, uh, shoot, I forgot who this doctor is, but, uh, she was a former vegan, right? Like, a full-on vegan, right? No eggs or milk, you know what I'm saying? But she realized throughout the years that that is actually bad to do, and, uh, she just started, you know, eating protein, but she's still against, like, big farms and stuff in these big old factories that process meat by the dozens in these former countries that don't obey the FDA rules properly. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing kind of uh, gets me is a lot of your big grocery chains actually buy beef from Argentina and Brazil and places, and they probably don't have the FDA regulations uh, like the Department of Agriculture does in the United States. So, you know, I, I don't think they should buy from countries that don't have to follow the same guidelines as the farmers in this country. Yeah, that is the bad thing, basically. Like, um, yeah, but, like, uh, basically what you're saying is, like, you have to have protein, but you have to have, like, uh, good, clean, healthy protein, right? And that's probably why hunting, as long as, you know, like, uh, I, I probably wouldn't say you should be hunting in, like, New York or something, but it's like, honestly, you need at least some 110%, which, uh, not gonna get into food culture politics, I guess you could call it, but, uh, like, there can't, there are instances where big farms pay off FDA to approve their meats and stuff, which is kind of sucky, at least allegedly what people say, I'm not making that direct quotes, but, uh, oh, there's a restaurant, Sushi and Hibachi. I don't think I want any sushi. Honestly, I've tried sushi before. We're, we're getting off topic, but we'll wrap the topic up in a second. But, uh, yeah, actually, sushi is pretty good. Like, uh, probably there's some places where you wouldn't want to eat sushi raw, but it's like, sushi is pretty good. Like, uh, I tried this really, really good, uh, spicy wasabi sushi, like, uh, salmon egg and, uh, tuna action uh, or shrimp action. I'm not sure what it was, but, uh, yeah, it's like done some spicy wasabi thing. It was basically like a little thing, a little setup in uh in a mall, right? That's uh in Tennessee. That was really good. But uh yeah. Oh, we're passing by a big rig. But uh yeah. Okay, back to the FDA thing. Uh but uh honestly you need to make sure that you're getting grass fed beef that is one hundred percent made sure that it's local. I say local's like your best route. Local grass-fed beef is your best route if you don't want to hunt. But honestly, hunting is a humane thing because it's like, literally, frick sakes, like, uh, I don't want to get graphic in the podcast, but I've heard of like, you know turkeys for the holidays? I heard that they literally, just like in, uh, what was that movie called? Green Mile? Like, electric terror just shocked them turkeys, you know what I'm saying? You heard uh, that? No, I, I hadn't heard that. 
Like, at least I know they do that in Britain. Like, they have, like, two, like, Tesla things, like, Tesla ball things. They put their head between it, and then, bang. You know what I mean? It's freaking crazy. They at least do that in Britain, but it's like, that's, that's crazy, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, probably using a shotgun turkey hunting ain't the most pleasant thing to do, but it's like... Close range, you know that they gonna be, you know. That's a humane way to harvest them. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like, probably shotgun damage ain't the most pleasant looking, but it's like, it's like done. You know what I mean? Most humane thing. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, man, we're getting freaking graphic here. <laughs> well, honestly, like, uh, they say, like, if the, well, wild turkey the uh the texture of the meat the wild turkey is entirely different than a like a turkey buy out of the store i don't understand that is it because like where they're wild but yeah that's weird but that wild turkey that we ate uh, a couple of weeks ago from uh our friend that was really good turkey meat and uh you can't really uh I guess you can, but uh, most people, instead of baking a turkey like you do for Thanksgiving, on a wild turkey, they'll actually slice the breast and uh, just bread it and fry it in a skillet. And uh, I guess that's because the meat is a little tougher, but that uh, that's a good way to fix it. Yeah. But anyways, just to wrap it up, honestly, hunting, like, if you look into it, it's like, really, that's something that needs to be encouraged again. Like, I know a lot, a lot of people are squeamish about that kind of thing, but it's like, honestly, hunting and fishing, like, you know that you're getting proper, clean food. You know what I'm saying? And really, it's like... And it's a great activity to get out and enjoy nature. Yeah, it's natural, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we've been doing for thousands of years or millions of years, whatever you want to believe. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, shoot. About that sushi place. You interested in doing sushi? Uh, I don't think I want sushi from a gas station. <laughs> Probably not at gas station. But, uh, anyways, what I was talking about with that mall, like, uh, yeah, like there was a Japanese sushi place there. Actual Japanese people doing the sushi, so you know that's gonna be authentic. But that was pretty good. Like, I know there's, like, certain things certain sushis you have to eat that's gonna be okay if it's raw like tuna tuna and uh i think salmon is pretty good to eat raw too like i don't know what they do to make sure that it's clean like i think they i don't know well, uh, it's like curing or something i don't know some places will actually take like salmon and put like lemon juice on it and the acid in the lemon juice will cook the fish. Really? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of unusual, but that's... Uh, I, I think I've ate it like that before. Yeah. That's actually funny. But, uh, yeah, like, like I would probably, you know, do California. California-style tuna where it's cooked or uh, sushi. But, uh, yo, I did try that raw sushi, which I wouldn't suggest eating that too much all because like depending on where you're getting it like i've heard of people that get like almost deathly sick from eating sushi 
remember that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's possible. Because if uh, when you don't cook something, if you know any bacteria, anything that's present, you know you're consuming that. So when you cook something, when you get it up to a certain temperature, uh, it'll kill kill any type of bacteria or anything that may be present. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Shoot. What's that field out there? Uh, It looks like pumpkins. It looks like pumpkins. Yeah, that does look like pumpkins. But uh, oh. Shoot, last week, which the episode actually did really good. No, week before last. No, actually, it was last week, technically. Depending on when this episode releases, technically, for me, it was last week. But, uh, uh, Taco Monday episode 14, or, uh, Taco Monday Real Talk, technically, uh, that did really good. And I was talking about our Bucky Garden, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. It actually worked out real, really well. I'm kind of anxious to see if we, uh, if our potatoes done good, but everything else done real, real good. Yeah. So, uh, give a little uh, intro on like uh, the bucket garden, like how we started, uh, what we've planned, and all that stuff. Like, uh, yeah, we didn't have a uh, large garden spot, and we're so busy, we didn't really have time to take care of a garden so we just started in five gallon buckets and planting uh, tomatoes and peppers and we got uh, squash and actually we had a watermelon and a cantaloupe everything done real good especially the peppers and the tomatoes they done the best as you get to see about the potatoes we we haven't dumped them out to see how many we got yeah like, uh, there's this uh, trick that involves, like, a big 10-gallon bucket and potatoes. So, uh, tell them about that. Okay, uh, <laughs> one of my friends kind of gave me this idea. But you take the bucket, put, uh, like, three inches of dirt, and put your seed potatoes in. And then when they sprout and grow up, then you put another three inches of dirt and let it sprout and grow up again and just keep doing that and adding like three inches of dirt and every layer of that new growth will have like some potatoes in it. so he said that you could probably get up to 15 to 20 pounds of potatoes out of a five gallon bucket so we're you know we added dirt like three times so if we get 10 10 pounds of potatoes i'll be tickled yeah but um I'll tell you this, the tomatoes are absolutely freaking heavenly. Yes, yes, they were. You know, a, a tomato that you can just pick right off the vine and eat it down there, it doesn't get any better than that. Like, seriously, like, another thing, like, I don't know why we're getting on uh, food and stuff, but seriously, like, gardening's probably... Sorry, I had to pause it for a second, but, uh, shoot, I was talking about tomatoes. Tomatoes are delicious, and honestly, yeah, oh yeah, I remember what I was saying. But literally, like, gardening's another thing, which I know a lot of people, especially in the city, have started gardening. But it's like, seriously, gardening is good because you know that there's no chemicals sprayed on the plants. Um, really, for some reason, like, vegetables from the store versus vegetables straight from a garden, there's like a huge difference. It just tastes so weird, vegetables in a store. And you know why. Oh, what's that uh, river right there? Yeah, it's a new river. That's where we took we are, out of fishing trip. Yeah, 
We are on a big bridge and we are going over a river that is called Little uh, New River. New River, yeah. But uh that's actually a good place to fish. But uh yeah. Like uh gardening, honestly that's another thing. Like that's another thing people should do. But uh yeah, just really we mostly did that garden. Like, uh, probably not much of a point because we didn't get too much of a harvest, but it's like, at least I wanted to do a garden all because of this virus. And uh, just in case if we couldn't get vegetables and stuff from the stores, just get as many seeds as we could and just plant some for ourselves. Really, we haven't necessarily had to run to the store for vegetables. Uh, one of my friends, uh, and he's got some of the heirloom tomatoes, like the, uh, some type of German heirloom. They're a real big tomato. Oh, yeah. And, and all through the years, his family, every year they'll they'll take like two tomatoes and just lay them out on a paper towel and uh, just let them d- d- dissolve. And the paper towel, they'll catch all the seeds. And then next year, they'll plant those seeds for the you get the plant started. They got like a little mini uh, hothouse or uh, what do they call it? Uh, greenhouse. Greenhouse, yeah. yeah. And just get the plant started in like March. And then by the time it's time to plant them out, you know, the plants are eight to ten inches tall and they've got a good healthy start. But uh, his family has kept those, that line of tomatoes for years. Just every year they save back a couple to get the seeds out of it and that's kind of a renewable harvest yeah but uh yeah honestly that's actually german tomatoes they can get huge like uh didn't uh grandma and grandfather yeah one of the one of my do that friends he raises those oh i thought he raised them yeah he usually gets the plants off of his friend and he's he's done the same thing just save the seeds every year so next year we definitely need to do a bigger garden but honestly probably won't be much of a point next year because i am sure which i gotta be careful with what i say but i'm sure that the uh the uh alcoholic beverage virus i'm sure it won't be around next year that's all i'm gonna say but mm, i don't know screw it (laughs) but um anyways like uh your friend like do you work with your friend that plants it yeah he he usually uh you know he's got he's got several uh he keeps several plants for himself and he usually brings in and gives it to uh, you know a lot of his co-workers so you know he'll start like hundreds of plants and keep what he wants and then just give the rest away so but uh yeah like um so uh he works with you at your job your workplace that you work at um but uh you definitely know a lot of people at your workplace don't you yeah you know there's like uh uh when times are good we've got probably close to 200 people that work there so i've known a lot of people through the years and you yeah like like you said you know a lot of people and you've met quite a bit of characters, haven't you? You see, you see what I'm doing. That's professional segueing. That's did you see that move? That's professional segueing. Uh, so uh, tell me about some characters that you've met throughout the years. 
you don't have to bring up names, but you got some interesting stories. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, through the years, I've heard a lot of stories, and you got uh, a lot of people that you call them like eccentrics. And, you know, it's <laughs> the, the stuff they get into, if you published it in a book, nobody would believe it was true. <laughs> yeah. He knows some guys that would make uh, Tiger King look like just a normal average office work day. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, shoots. Okay. Let's start with this person. Like, my goodness, like, every time Dad comes home from work, he always has a story about somebody he works with. And we don't personally know these people, but they're literally just characters, and we've heard so many stories, we practically know them by reputation. But uh, we're going to give this guy a code name. We're going to call him the Bug Man. You want to talk about the Bug Man? The Bug Man. Is that the one uh, yeah. former army ranger yeah yeah he's, tell me about it. yeah he's i guess in the rangers you know they it's kind of like bear grills to the point they would dump them out in the swamp and they had to survive for four days you know what they could find so his cuisine and ours is not exactly the same tell us about that i guess you could start with the first time you met him at work first time he came to work yeah, we was outside at the picnic table, and here come a, one of them big horned, fuzzy caterpillars. And he just picked that up and said, you know, them things ain't hardly got no taste to them, and popped it right in his mouth, gobbled it down right in front of us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You serious? Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it kind of shocked everybody. And that was like, how many days was he working there? He had just started. Just started. Yeah. First day, he just goes right outside picks up a bug and then pops it in his mouth in front of everybody what'd you think of that well it it don't bother me you know i'm not going to eat them but somebody else wants to eat them that's cool <laughs> come on come on that had to have like gave you an eyebrow raise when you saw that the first time yeah they call that uh, uh stimulating your immune system <laughs> i'm not sure if you'd call it stimulating but uh yeah, tell us a couple of stories of his um, weird cuisines. Uh, he eats peanut butter on just about anything. I mean, he'll put peanut butter and jelly and treat meat sandwiches. Oh, jeez. I mean, like if he's got a bowl of beans, he'll put a big scoop of peanut butter in it and stir them up. And, and that gets back to <laughs> the uh, theory of how he was trained in the military is just... Uh, fuel for the machine the way they look at it and the the pro uh, the peanut butter is a good source of protein oh yeah and it's easily to keep you know because you don't have to refrigerate it don't have to be sealed so you can keep it for forever so that's i guess that's why a lot of the mres had peanut butter in them yeah that's crazy but uh treat meat's basically spam that's basically what it is but that's crazy and it's a great value spam that's <laughs> actually armor treat meat is actually way freaking better than uh spam not gonna get off the topic but just saying real quick but uh do you have any interesting stories you can think of about this guy well uh i've got a lot but i don't know how many we want to put on the air because <laughs> uh, uh, i'll just say the least he's hardcore 
But, uh, shoot, I'm trying to think, but, uh, hmm, can't think, but, yeah, you got a freaking guy that eats bugs that works with you. Uh, shoot. Any other characters that you can think of? Yeah, we got, uh, the one older guy. He's funny. And, uh, he has uh, worked at the, at the carnival. He worked at a zipper factory. Uh, he worked all, all sorts of construction. And, uh, I mean, it, he's, uh, he's got all kinds of stories. And he actually went from, uh, I think Illinois to West Virginia on like a, <laughs> like a, uh, like a 125 motorcycle. <laughs> well, drove it all that distance. We'll nickname this guy Forrest Gump. Sound yeah. is that appropriate nickname? Yeah, that, that fits him pretty good. <laughs> that probably is accurate. But he, the funny thing is, he always tries to save money. He is the he is the ultimate tightwad. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's funny the stuff he gets into. He he'll go uh, to the, like the flea market yard sales and and buy like used batteries for cars and tires and one guy guaranteed him that a battery was good so he gave him ten dollars for the battery well he got home the battery wasn't no good oh man he hauled that around in the trunk of his car for two years going to the (laughs) flea market and he finally spotted that guy and made him give him his money back and two two years later and the guy he didn't he acted like he didn't remember him, but then he started making such a scene. The guy just gave him ten bucks to shut him up. <laughs> you said that he worked that he worked at a carnival. What was his occupation at the carnival? Uh, he told us he guessed stuff. Just guess stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's one of them that uh, guess people's weight and stuff. And I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty funny stories there. He, I think he got in trouble. He guessed uh a woman's weight a little heavier than what she was and <laughs> about got him whipped, I think. Yeah. I was about to make that joke. Like if you're guessing weight you don't want to guess too high. Guess low. Guess Always low guess low. Yeah, they'll agree with you, even if it's not true. But uh that's freaking funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> and a zipper factory. Explain what that is. Well, is that a big zipper factory? And at that time, he was working two jobs, and and he uh, fell asleep on the forklift and uh, stuck a forklift forks through a wall. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's just this guy's full of stories. I mean, just funny stories. I presume his job at the zipper factory was inspecting zippers. Yeah, he was a he was an inspector at some some plan. I'm not sure if that was it or not. They knew he couldn't drive a forklift, so they let him inspect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's actually, that's actually a funny story, but, um, shoot. Tell me, you like to prank this guy because he's kind of a gullible person, which is probably not nice, but they prank him all the time. Tell me about some of the funniest pranks you've done, if you can think about it. Well, the the biggest thing there is, uh, you know, the machinery that we run. People like to come around the 
and the knobs that you grab on a daily basis and put a little bit of black grease on the knobs and stuff and just sit back and watch people get into it that's, that's kind of the recreation in, in a machine shop so yeah. tell me about uh was was uh forrest gump that's the nickname was forrest gump involved with that uh poker thing that they was doing tell me about that story yeah they would uh they would hurry up and eat their lunch and then gather around and play cards so uh this gentleman uh, chewed tobacco and he he would take his uh pop can and spit the tobacco juice in well he he took his poker as serious as a heart attack so when he got ready to go get the cards one of the other guys grabbed the pop can and took his pocket knife and cut the bottom out of the can so while they were sitting there playing he was studying his cards and being all serious and kept spitting in that can and when he would spit in the can he was spitting right on his lap <laughs> he didn't realize he was doing it and he had covered his lap up with tobacco spit so. oh geez that's funny that's funny but that's mean shoots but uh what's the meanest thing that you've done to him if you have to admit well uh one time he uh he doesn't wear a wristwatch and he always asks everybody what time it is <laughs> so what we did was the the machine that has the uh clock on it the the cnc machine has a the time we set that time ahead and then we set the other the clock on the wall we set it ahead and we set our wristwatches ahead so uh, about 30 minutes before lunch we acted like we was getting ready for lunch and he ran over and looked at those clocks and said oh my i'm gonna be late so he heated his lunch and went outside to the picnic table to eat lunch and he was like 30 minutes early <laughs> are you serious did you re- did you and those other guys really conspire and came up with that that's kind of a joint effort. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, he thinks it's funny, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves it. If you don't pick on him, he thinks you're mad at him. Oh, man, that's funny. He, uh, he likes to prank us all the time, too. He's not so successful, is he, though? No. And one of his favorite tricks is to take a can of sardines and hide them behind your machine and set them on like the transformer where they get warm so within a few days they're they're really ripe that is are you serious whiz man that is funny but that's crazy that's gross actually but uh yeah all right uh i'll i'll give you about a minute to think about it but uh kind of in the middle part of the show which is not middle parts, probably like close to third act, I guess you could call it. But uh, I basically do like a pick of the month thing for like uh, suggestions and stuff. Like uh, best movie, in my opinion, best show, best uh, music, best game, etc., etc., etc. So if you have anything that you've been into that you personally think that is the best thing, in your opinion, of the month just uh think about it and uh it could be like something you're into it could be something that's just your all-time favorite it could be anything sound good yeah but uh anyways yeah just to uh ramble on a little bit until you think of something but uh 
yeah, we're on a highway, and uh, this is about 65 miles, ain't it? But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, there's a lot of uh, big rig trucks and stuff, ain't yeah. there? Yeah, we're in uh, in the mountains, so a lot of the big trucks, they kind of bottleneck up, so you really got to be careful. We're actually coming up to now. It's a lot of beautiful scenery here. Oh, gee whiz, man. Folks, if you can see this, like, we're kind of going down a hill, but basically we're on top of the mountain, and we could see from, is that 10 miles away? Oh, I'd say that's 50 or 60 miles. 50 or 60 miles, we see, like, a huge forest field, all kinds of buildings. My goodness, like, the clouds are, like, hovering low over it. Like, it's just blue, bluish green, healthy grass. Oh, yeah. There's a mountain called Pilot Mountain here. It'll take us an hour to get there. Of course, we'll drive by that. Basically, folks, we're going near and past Newberry. If you've ever seen that old classic... Mayberry. Mayberry, excuse me. Mayberry. If you've ever seen that old classic show, Andy Griffith's show, that's basically where we're at. Yeah. Which is freaking cool. Which is freaking cool. But, uh... Look at this. They actually have a... Sorry to get off topic a little bit, but uh, they actually have digital speed signs. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's crazy. But, um, yeah, basically, we're essentially near or past Mayberry. Yeah, we haven't got there yet. We're going that way. But that mountain right there, you can see real plain. That's Pilot Mountain. My goodness. And it'll. we can look. It's... 10.05 now, so when we drive by it, we'll see how long it took us to get there. Mm. Oh, yeah, we left early. We left around 8, 8.30. Yeah. So we've been on the road for a while, but, uh, yeah. So, um, do you have a pick of the month for yourself? If you want me to go first, I can. You go ahead. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, for the part of the show, I'm going to basically give you guys the pick of the month and, uh, my personal pick of the month this is like a off-the-top-of-my-head thing, so haven't really factored it in. I would say Fallout 3 again, like last time, but I don't want to give an award to something that I did last week or week before last. But, um, yes, my basic pick of the month, uh, this old comedy show from early 2000s called Tough Crowd. You ever heard of that show? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. It was basically a old, uh, old show, uh, old show where it was improv and uh, basically just like uh, four comedians discuss like political topics. And this was around Bush era, right? And they would just joke around about the topics of pop culture and politics and stuff. It was actually a very funny show. It was hosted by a comedian called uh, Colin Quinn. You ever heard of the comedian? Yeah, but yeah, they've had people on there like Nick DiPaolo, uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, Jim Norton, uh, trying to think, uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Bill Burr, all kinds of comedians. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the big names. Joe Rogan, didn't he used to be on some of the sitcoms? Uh, yeah, he's he's been on a few sitcoms. He's mostly known for hosting uh, UFC and that show that was uh, that that uh, reality show Survivor. He hosted that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, 
yeah, I just had a lot of the big names. It was good about the show, which honestly, oh shoot, I'll tell you this, like, it was good because they humorously discussed or uh, discussed topics, political topics and stuff. And honestly, that's a good thing because, like, one of our problems today is we feel like we have to fight each other over topics. But really, back at least for back then, people just joked around. If people disagreed, instead of people getting mad to the point they're wanting to punch each other in the face, they would just joke about the topics and stuff. People weren't butthurt babies back then, for crying out loud. Which, I'm not getting into politics, folks. But it's like, honestly, we was at a point where everybody could just get along, and when they disagreed, they disagreed. They weren't butthurt, couch potato, internet troll babies, for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Now they want to, and when they have a disagreement, they want to get violent and fight, and you know, tear the other person's property up and stuff, but... You can agree to disagree because everybody's going to have different different opinions. Yeah. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has them. Most of them stink. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's like, for frick's sakes, folks, we've grown up on South Park. Don't be such babies. That's that's just going to end it with that. But my suggestion is Tough Crowd. A lot of those shows were funny. And honestly, I think... My personal opinion, I like improvisational comedies. Kind of like Whose Line Is It Anyways, Tough Crowd and stuff. Because I honestly think that's where you can find the best comedians. Because honestly, there's a difference between a funny person off script and on script. You know what I'm saying? Like if a person has to rely on their jokes that they wrote and rehearsed and rehearsed several times in order to be funny... And there's a person that could be funny on the spot. It's like freestyle rapper. The best ones are the ones that could freestyle good. That's like, uh, like the, uh, this is getting, I'm showing my age, but, uh, like Johnny Carson, that was one of his great assets is he could come up with, no matter which way the conversation turned, he could make a one-liner out of it. Oh, yeah. He's one of the great comedians. Definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. Like, uh, he was before uh, Jay Leno and uh, Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show. And honestly, like... Yeah, he was on there for years on The on the Tonight Show. I remember actually, you know, where I've worked in machine shops and stuff. And a lot of the, a lot of the parts in, in history that have taken place, I was at work. And I remember that associated with work. That's like uh, the last monologue that Johnny Carson did. A lot of the guys I worked with, we gathered around the radio and listened to the to the last one. So that's kind of memorable. Oh, they played the Tonight Show on radio. Yeah, that's when I worked third shift. So you know, I would start at eleven thirty. So we were there when it was on. So we all listened to it. So they had the Tonight Show on radio as well. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's actually cool, too. But really, like, uh, it was still, well, obviously it was on television when Johnny Carson left, but it's like they played on radio, too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it might have been uh, the local TV station. You could uh, tune it in on the radio also. That's, that's where we listen to it. Ah, 
But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a classic. There's actually, which mom and dad, they raised us on a lot of old shows. Like a mix between old shows and newer shows. We didn't really necessarily grow up on television. We had a lot of DVDs and stuff. But there was just a lot of comedians that were good, like uh, Red Skelton, uh, Jack Benny. Uh, not really a fan of Milton Berle, but I guess you could throw in Milton Berle. Uh, but there was a lot of... Well, honestly, people like uh, Johnny Carson, Red Skelton, Jack Benny and stuff. I would definitely say that people like them is like one of the forefathers of comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I loved the, the old Red Skelton, which that was a little bit before my time. So everything I watched of him was like the reruns and the DVDs. Yeah. But he was one of the all-time greats, I thought. Definitely was. Honestly, like, I know some people that would complain about uh, comedians that laugh at their own jokes, but me, in my opinion, like, sometimes I don't like straight-faced comedians. You know what I'm saying? Like, people that will just tell a joke and then throw their punchline and then just be straight-faced about it. Like, only a few people can do that good. Like, I'm not saying necessarily dry humor comedy, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like... My thought is, if the comedian's not having fun with their jokes and their bits, like, it's not going to be fun and natural. Sorry, we had to pause for a second. We had to listen to the GPS. But, um, yes, like, uh, just wrapping it up, there's a lot of classic comedians. Know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah. Anyways, like, uh, I gave my all-time top pick so well not all time top pick but pick of the month so what would you say is your pick of the month if you could dare oh let's see Uh, as far as like electronics or it could be anything that's your pick of the month okay it could be from a big time blockbuster action movie to your favorite ice cream it could be anything okay oh well, I guess the, what I'm training on right now at work is the Fanuc OI series CNC controllers. Pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Yeah. What is that exactly? <laughs> That's uh, the machine tools are com- uh, computer controlled, and uh, that's the uh, uh, basically the computer operating system. And it, as machines get newer, just like everything else, they get more advanced and more user friendly and that's one of the uh, latest controls that Fanuc has. That's, uh, Fanuc is a, like a Japanese-based company, and it's, they've become kind of the, the uh, I guess, the baseline of CNC controllers. Yeah. Everybody is either using Fanuc or copying Fanuc. So that's, you know, that's probably a small percentage of the world will know what I'm talking about, but that's, <laughs> that's my view. For my little my little pie slice of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Probably you like this truck so much, so if you want to throw in a second oh, yeah. uh pick of the month, you can. Oh yeah. Cummins, all the way. Six seven Cummins uh, Dodge Ram. Love his truck. Oh uh, yeah. But uh it is a good truck. It does make a lot of noise, but that's it's a good truck. Probably diesel probably does run better than a normal gas vehicle yeah diesels have really more pulling power 
and they tend to last longer. And uh, this diesel, uh, they quieted them down a lot over the years, but like the uh, early 2000 diesels, you couldn't you couldn't listen to the radio and drive them. I mean, they were very loud. But this one is quiet compared to a lot of the older ones. Yeah. But uh, anyways, let's see. Let's look at the time here. All right, I think we'll do that. I'm probably going to have to trim a little bit of fat in the beginning. <laughs> but uh, get what I'm saying? Like, uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. It's actually been fun. Uh, we got ourselves a long trip, so I figured to bring this recorder with us. And I think we record a good show. Do you think, Dad? Yeah. Papa Angler? Yeah. Mind if I call you Papa Angler? That's, that's, <laughs> that, uh makes the drive a little past the time a little better so uh, the last time i made this trip i came by myself so that was a long day spent about eight hours talking to yourself for yeah. 12 hours yeah i did tune into some old classic country uh radio that i was able to listen to about all the way so that that was good but still it's hard to drive that far by yourself and not have somebody to talk to yeah i get you but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a trip. We're going to try to... There's Pilot Mountain. It's still in the distance, and that's uh, about 20 minutes, so we'll be another 15. So, actually, it's going to be, from the time we spotted it at the top, it's probably going to be like 40, 45 minutes to get to it. Okay. I presume that we're heading north. Uh, no, south. Are we you know what? You're probably right. No, actually, uh, east right now. Uh, uh, wait, well, east? Oh, it does? Okay. I, d- I don't know. Like, I only know basic navigation. Uh, literally, I don't know any navigation. We're kind of going <laughs> southeast is the primary direction we're going. So. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Got to wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Do apologize. But, uh, yeah, it's been a very fun show. Uh, it's been a interesting car trip. But thank you so much, Papa Angler, for being on the show. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a good one. And uh, bye-bye now.